Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Did Dylan Raiden save the Tennessee Titans season? With left guard Peter Skaronsky out with an illness Sunday and Xavier Newman playing in his place for two series, it looked like the Titans couldn't block anybody. And then on the third series, Newman is pulled, Raiden steps in, and, and no one will say it was a spectacular performance by the Titans' offensive line. But they protected Ryan Tannehill long enough that he could stand back there and fire a deep throw to Traylon Burks for a 70-yard gain, which got the offense going. They blocked well enough that Derrick Henry got to the, uh, the desired 25 carries and piled up 80 rushing yards, including his first touchdown of the season. Titans hung in there all day against the Chargers made enough plays, enough big plays when they counted. And lo and behold, they come out of the uh they come out of their home opener with a 27-24 overtime victory. Pretty much just as one member of our Believe in Titans panel predicted last week. Isn't that right, Denard Walker? I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. So I like to say in your face both of you. But I'm going to put it nicely. <laughs> It was. Uh, I, I mean, look. We all know. We all know that uh, that that zero and two is is not an absolute death sentence when it comes to playoff hopes. But it certainly uh, it certainly doesn't do a team any favors. And uh, and, and to get to one and one with a with a road trip to Cleveland coming up, a Cleveland team that that oh by the way doesn't have Nick Chubb all of the sudden. And uh, and I think we can all agree looks uh, looks completely different on offense because of that it's uh the the i think the the feeling around the titans here as compared to uh what it was a couple series into that game sunday is it's been a dramatic turnaround and and things uh there's there's a there's a lot more to to like and to feel good about and about the the possibilities to build some early season momentum here which is uh which is always important. So, uh, you know, we will we will look at these uh, at all of these things on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast with, of course, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker and uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are. And we, yes, of course. And I am David Beauclair. So, uh, so let's uh, let's get to this. I, I mentioned Ryan Tannehill in the. Uh, and and the big pass to Burks, but that was uh, that was just one of twenty completions. Tannehill was twenty for twenty four on the day, two hundred forty six yards and a and the one touchdown with no interceptions. He also had a long throw to uh, Chris Moore. That one went for forty nine yards uh, as the Titans took a couple deep shots and, and hit on him in that game. Tannehill's rating one twenty three point three. And if uh, if you need a reminder, that's almost a hundred points higher than the twenty eight point two that he uh, he was in week one. So uh, 
John, we'll start with you. Is this uh, is what what is closer to the the real Ryan Tannehill, and and or you know, or, or do you fear this sort of inconsistency from week to week with him this season? I tend to think that you know we're we're still seeing a you know a Ryan Tannehill that is closer to week two than closer to week one. You know we we talked about last week you know in that opener against the Saints. Not only were there the three picks, you know, on a couple of them you, you might offer excuses on those picks, but he had those misses also. You know the the potential big plays. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things I liked this week uh, about Ryan Tannehill. Um, there, there weren't well, there were only four incompletions, as you said, so there weren't any any big misses. You know, and when you talk about we we've talked for so long about teams playing against the Titans getting those big chunk plays. Well, finally this week we saw the Titans, you know, pulling off a couple of those big chunk plays. You mentioned a seven yarder to Burks. 49-yarder to uh, to Moore. Both of those led to touchdowns. Um, so, though, you know, and, and he was absolutely on the money on both those throws because they were both pretty well covered. Um, but some other things I liked about Ryan Tannehill's performance, didn't try to overdo with DeAndre Hopkins this week. You know, and I know Hopkins was dealing with, a, with an ankle and, and probably wasn't 100%. But, you know, went from 13 targets for DeAndre Hopkins down to five. Uh, um, what that'll probably go up as DeAndre gets healthier, but still didn't seem to force it nearly, nearly as much uh, play action, which is all he's always excelled with. He was back, uh, you know, with great numbers on play action, seven of nine for 168 yards. Uh, I like the fact that he stood in there throughout the game, despite the fact, you know, three sacks on the first three series, he could have gotten a bad case of the jitters after that. We We did not see that. Uh, and then one final thing I liked about Tannehill's performance is that running touchdown too, right? Uh, um, you know, how often uh, do we see a triple option uh, get run in the NFL these days? But that's what the Titans pulled off there. Tannehill ran in from 12 yards out. And he said today, you know, he, he hopes to get more of that running element back this year. You know, he was really hampered last year by the ankle injuries. Um, so he hopes to to get more involved. That gives the the defense more things to think about. So to me, a lot of good things, um, uh, you know, about Ryan Tannehill's performance in week two. Yeah, you, you talk about that running touchdown and, and his, you know, his his willingness to stand in there. That that running touchdown was his only run of the game. He did, you know, and, and he's a guy who who can scramble and can move the chains and do those things, uh, you know, when when he doesn't like what he sees downfield. But uh, uh, and and to your point about Hopkins, Hopkins was the most targeted Titans receiver for the second straight week with five. But this time, you know, Traylon Burks was four, Chigo Conquo was four, Derrick Henry was four. Nick Westbrook Akine was three, so he was uh, he was definitely looking at the whole field, using the using all of his uh, his weapons that are available to him. Denard, you you know what it's like to have a bad game one week. How how important, how calming will that performance be for Ryan Tannehill to say, okay, that bad one's behind me. I'm back. I'm I'm you know I'm the guy that I believe I am, and I showed it this week. David, he's a veteran. Ryan has been in this game long enough. He's a former first-rounder. He's been through a lot in his career. Let's, let, let's not forget that they ran him out of town uh, in Miami, and this was their first-round pick. 
And David, what we talked about last week is this is a team that they haven't gotten any game reps. And that was the first time Sunday in New Orleans that this team had a chance to put everything together. And they just didn't play well last week. This week, it was a little different team. Last week, we saw an offense where Ryan kept trying to go to D-hop. He was very aggressive. And that ended up costing. That was three costly turnovers. This week, what you love about RT, he didn't turn the ball over not one time. And what I love about this game, especially in the passing game, let's not give it, let's give where credit is due. Offensive coordinator Tim Kelly had a, what a heck of a game he called Sunday. He was aggressive in the passing game. This was the difference in the ball game was this perimeter. You just talked about the targeters. But let's not talk about the big catches. Look about Chris Moore. You're talking about the 49-yarder, which ended up leading to Nick Westbrook going up uh, to put the Titans ahead, 24-21. Let's talk about when this team needed to play in the first quarter, when um, uh, offensive coordinator Tim Kelly said, listen, we're going to go right at Asante Samuel Moore. We got a six foot three receiver that we drafted first round last week, I mean last year. And we got a 5'10 corner. Great corner, by the way. But what did you see? You saw that aggressive. He pushed the ball downfield. And that's exactly what we've been waiting for. I thought Ron had a phenomenal game. I love the way that he distributed the ball to the receivers. It was He was getting it all over the place. I mean, look at the big plays that they make. Nick Westbrook, I can't, it was the X factor. Had a heck of a game, David. So what I like about this team is they responded. When, when, look, LA has some chances to win this game, but what happened? Every time LA made a play, what happened? The Titans marched right back. And then if you look at the first three possessions, David, three sacks. Yeah. Three sacks in the first three possessions. I said, oh, no, David and John, they're right. And then all <laughs> of a sudden they went to work. So, again, great performance by Ron. What a resilient effort Sunday. Yeah, you, you, you talk about the big plays, and they weren't limited to to the offense either. When you talk about you know the Harold Landry sack late that forced uh, the Chargers to kick a field goal rather than maybe go for a touchdown there at the end and, and try to win the game, and uh, you know Jeffrey Simmons had a big sack earlier in the contest, and I, it 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 felt like the kind of game. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but like if you were to declare a winner on every snap of that game. It feels like you would say the Chargers won more snaps than the Titans did, but the Titans made the big plays at the big time. You know, Chargers go up 10 nothing. Titans come right back with the 70 yard pass and bang, they're in the end zone. And just like that, it's a, uh, you know, it was a minute seven off the game clock. Now it's a three point game. And there's, you know, there's, there's a big difference in in the mind of an offense if you've if you're trailing by 10 versus trailing by three and and you feel like yeah, you know this is doable everything's doable at this point and uh you know that's that's what uh you know mike vrabel talks about it often he says you know there are good plays there are bad plays and then there's dumb stuff that gets you beat you know what what he doesn't talk about is the is the big moments that that can win you ball games and uh and i think that's what we saw in this one was uh when when the titans had to have it whether it's trailing 10 nothing in the second quarter or it's you've got to get a stop at the end of regulation that the titans made the plays they need to play they needed to make and that's uh you know it 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 was a it, it was a big it was a big win for them it feels like uh, it, it really it feels a little bit like and correct me if i'm wrong on this on in 2021 when you know the titans uh titans went to seattle and and 
gave up 21 points in the second quarter of that game and and had to score 21 in the second half to force overtime and then uh you know with their aging kicker they 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 win the game in overtime and and they get to one and one and uh uh you know that that that's kind of that it kind of it settled that that game really settled things down for that team and there's uh there there's a chance that this one I think could settle the Titans down and, and going forward. Denard, you talked about it. Three sacks early. John, I think you mentioned five sacks, uh, five sacks of Ryan Tannehill for the game. So that, you know, the offensive line again was not perfect, but it was certainly better when Dylan Radens came into the game. So, uh, uh, you know, this is, this, this looks like another opportunity uh, uh, peter skaronski is going to miss at least one more game we know that already so so john is you know for a guy who who was reconstructive knee surgery late last season rehabbing pretty much all of the off season all of training camp and, and what have you to to step in what what does that mean to raidens does that give you does it give you any sense that that hey this guy's ready for this opportunity even even without all the practice time yeah it was it was impressive what we saw because yeah that was that was just two weeks after he'd been back on the practice field uh you know following what was a relatively quick uh, you know, a nine month recovery for a lineman from, from ACL surgery. Uh, so impressive. And, and, and to me, you know, you almost get a sense that, that maybe this is an opportunity for, for Dylan Radens to kind of almost, you know, reboot a, a career that, that has been, you know, maybe, I guess, underwhelming is, is the best way to put it this way for, for a guy who was picked in the second round, number 53 overall. You know, hadn't been able to nail down a starting spot, um, you know, despite the fact that he was kind of penciled in year two uh, as the starting right tackle. They wound up moving him to guard. Um, you know, it's just been been a lot of struggles. But in, in talking with him recently, you just get a sense that there's a little bit more confidence these days with Dylan Radens. Um, and, and, you know, you hear from a lot of athletes, too. You know, when when you're when you're out long term with an injury, and even though his long term out was was during the off season and training camp, you know, maybe you, you learn a little bit more about your love for the game. Um, and and Dylan Raiden's talked about that, and, and also the fact that you know he, he sort of said, you know, you realize too, the window isn't isn't a big one, you know, to to play in the NFL, and and that you know maybe that focuses you a, a little bit more and. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a little bit more, as I say, confidence to, to Dylan Raidens and, and certainly wouldn't be surprised if he's in the starting lineup uh, for, for Peter Skaronsky this week. Um, and, and even when Skaronsky comes back, I, I think Dylan Raidens, you know, at least in one game, played well enough so that I, I think the Titans are more confident in him and are more willing to say maybe, you know, maybe we look at him as, as a starter, uh, you know, at, at one of the other spots. Um, you know, coming back or, or certainly, you know, the, the next guy up at whichever position, um, you know, he, he that, that, you know, the Titans need to fill in a certain situation. Denard, you talked about it with Ryan Tannehill. You know, Ryan Tannehill's a, a veteran guy. He's been in the league a long time, started a lot of games, had a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and, and, and you know, certainly knows how to handle those sorts of things. For a guy like Raidens, who doesn't have a lot of positive experiences, to lean on how impressed were you with with his ability to go in there and and settle down the offensive line play 
I was excited. I, I really, because we've been on Dylan Raidens for some time now. I know he's been banged up since his arrival in Nashville. Let's, but let's not forget, I remember the game in 2021, David. That's how I judge you. I, I judge you as a, as if I'm looking at a projector and you're, you know, when you're playing. And he went against probably the, the best defensive player that year, Nick Bosa. Don't you agree? Nick Bosa, he had a a heck of a year that year. Came into Nashville. That was the biggest talk. You got a rookie starting on Nick Bosa. Are you crazy? And he held his own. I thought, man, when I saw Dylan go against Nick Bosa, I said, you know what? This young man is for real out of North Dakota State. He's every bit of that second round pick that they end up taking him that year. So once again, you know, if they're going to take you that high in the draft, you know the potential is there. But David, when you're hurt and when you're banged up, it's hard to get the best out of yourself because it's not you're just going against the other team. You're actually going against yourself. It becomes like a mental drain on you. So it was good to see that he got out there, got those reps. And when you get those reps and you're successful, David, what that ends up doing, it gives you confidence. And that's exactly what we saw from Dylan Sunday. So they're going to need that. Uh, and especially because guess who's coming to town? Mr. Miles Gary. I've heard of him. Yeah. Well, I think I've heard of him too. And, I, and I, it's <laughs> a person that I don't like and I would not want to see. But they're going to need a strong running game. I thought uh, from the passing game this week, they really struggled against that, that defensive line for the Chargers. They gave up too many sacks. And, then, and this week, again, they're playing against a tough, Cleveland front. Yeah, you, you mentioned that game against San Francisco, and uh, you know the the next the next week he was back to being a reserve uh, against Miami in, in that season. What what how how good an opportunity for him to build on this? Assuming he, I mean, I don't see any reason coaches wouldn't go back to him this week with Skaronsky sideline following an appendectomy. I mean that that he's got to feel really good and 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 like he's got a chance to finally build some momentum here, doesn't he? Yeah, because what you want you want to get in a rhythm, David. You know, I've all you know back in the days I used to tell. You know, when I do interviews and I have a couple, you know, that first game of the season, a lot of times you struggle. So what you want to do, you want to get in a rhythm. You want to get to a, a place where you're not thinking too much, where you can just go out there and react. And that's what he needs. He just needs a chance to play. And the more repetitions that you take, the better you get. So if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm saying, listen, the young man, he held his own Sunday. Let's stay with him. And, and let's see how we, see how this plays out. But he's a great player. I don't see why they uh, will we'll bench him. And I would like to see him just get more reps. The more reps you get in this league, the better you get, the more you get comfortable. And that's what it's going to take for Dylan to be successful this year. Denard mentioned, John, Denard mentioned earlier, Tim Kelly thought Tim Kelly had a uh, a terrific game calling plays. It, it, he certainly, he certainly called plays more in the manner just in terms of the run pass balance that uh that Titans fans have come to expect with Derrick Henry on this uh on this roster Henry had almost twice as many snaps this week as Tajay Sharp uh I mentioned the 25 carries for 80 yards um you know Mike Vrabel said if game situations allow Derrick Henry will be uh will be a big part of this offense uh you know can we assume that uh that this is more the norm. This is still very much what the Titans want to do and and what they want to be as an offense as long as they have Derrick Henry on this team. 
I think it's more the norm. Uh, yeah, certainly than what we saw the first week when, when Tajay Spears wound up with 34 snaps to just 30 for Henry. There there were some major uh, eyebrows raised at that. And, and I certainly don't think the Titans will be going back in that direction anytime soon. But, man, I, I you know, uh, as as talented, uh, uh, you know, a, a runner as Derrick Henry is, and we, we all know that, I really think that Tajay Spears is making a real push for for touches too, and and that's uh, you know again not throwing any shade on on Derrick Henry, but man uh, a small sample size for for Tajay Spears, uh, you know just eleven carries, but he's averaging seven yards a pop uh, right now. And you remember he started out the overtime against the Chargers. He had that fourteen yard run on the first drive that that led to the Titans game winning winning field goal. Uh, you know, and, and when you look at some of the, um, you know, the analytics, uh, 64% of the yards he's gained running so far have been over expectation. That number is first in the NFL. And and Mike Grable even sort of referenced that the other day when he said, he said, hey, you know, I promise one of these days we're actually going to block for Tajay Spears. And when we do, we're going to get a 20 or 30 or 40 yard run. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we'll see this exact. Uh, ratio that we saw last week where it was really kind of two to one uh, snaps for Henry to Spears. I, I think, you know, you it's a, it's a tough and an interesting dilemma for, for Tim Kelly because you have to get Derrick Henry his snaps. He's more effective when he, when he, when he gets a lot of carries and a lot of snaps. On the other hand, geez, every time you see Tajay Spears run, he, he does something and you go, wow. And and you find yourself wondering, Hey, can they get that guy up a, a few more snaps? So, it's a good dilemma for for Tim Kelly, but it, it is a little bit of a dilemma none, nonetheless. Here's here's what I like about what Tim Kelly's doing, though, in terms of that. I I, I think you know, and I, I'm not you know, I'm not here to say that uh, that that Ty J Spears is not playing well because he's certainly playing well. He's certainly contributing in a in a way that that is far beyond what Darrington Evans ever did. You know, Evans was the their first crack at drafting a guy like this. Uh he's he's certainly doing more than Deion Lewis was when when Deion Lewis was uh in his last year with this team. But uh but but one thing you're seeing is that uh you know Tim Kelly is is not, is not as predictable in terms of what's happening with personnel groupings and whatnot. You see him, uh, you know, like, like Tajay Spears has three carries on, uh, on third down so far this year. He's got, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing is, well, he's going to be the, the receiving the change of pace back. Derrick Henry actually has more targets and more receptions right now than, than Tajay Spears does. So it, it's, it's, I, I think part of Spears success falls to Tim Kelly in the fact that well, you know, he's he's running at times when people are thinking, well, they've got this personnel grouping out here that's clearly suggesting pass. They're matching with with nickel and 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 what have you. And uh, and Spears is is good enough to to take advantage of it. I, so uh, I, I think there's a I, I think there's a lot to be said for that and the fact that uh, 
you know, the fact that they that they can do that with him and, and the fact that they're having success with him early is only going to create more problems for defenses going forward because uh, because now, you know, now they're not going to be able to to just automatically assume, OK, they've got they've got they've got this group of skill players on the on the field. It's clearly this is going to be a run, which which I think is was has been a little bit of an issue the last couple seasons. So, uh, uh, you know. Denard, would you agree with that? I mean, is is Tim Kelly being? Do you see him as as less predictable? And 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 how hard does that become for a defense when when you know you don't know exactly what a personnel grouping is telling you? That's what you want. That keeps the defense. It, it, it keeps you thinking, David. And when you're when you're overthinking in this league, you can't play fast. And what you do not want is to become predictable and have the defense just kind of calling out your plays. We've seen that in the past. And that's why last year's offensive coordinator is no longer the coordinator anymore. And that's what you don't want. And he called it. And one of the things you love about uh, Tim Kelly, this, and I think about that triple option. How many teams in the league, David, do you know run the triple option? I mean, I assume you, Baltimore, probably Baltimore, Baltimore does it. Maybe Chicago's got two, it in their playbook, yeah. Uh, two, two teams. And, yeah. and you think about this. When, when I when the two uh, analysts that was calling that game Sunday, they said it best. Ryan Tannehill on a triple option. It has since I want to say San Diego so bad it's, it's yeah. on my tongue right now. But if you watch that play, you you will see L.A. defenders. They were clueless as to what was clueless. going on. They did not expect a a triple option. You know where that comes from. Probably what like Oklahoma and the that's Texas AM Mike Sherman's offense. Oh, okay, that's I got that, you. That's my, that is a Mike Sherman's offense. We saw Ryan run those type of plays at AM. That's what he got him dry. And not to mention the man played receiver his first two years at AM. He's a versatile quarterback, so he can hurt you both ways. What I love about Tim Kelly is. Everything was unpredictable. Like you, you can figure out, okay, Chris Moore, you mean you're going to push the field down. If I'm a defensive back and I'm on Chris Moore and I have over here, you tell, I got Traylon Burks, I got D hop in the slot. You think they're going to go to Chris Moore. So I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to relax a little bit because I'm not anticipating him getting that bomb. I'm, I'm not scared. What happens? He ends up hurting the defense. That's exactly what you want. What Tim Kelly did Sunday was it was so special because what you saw him do is if look at look at we talked about last week, Tajay will not have more carries than Derrick Henry. I don't think that's by, by Tim Kelly, designed by Tim Kelly. I think Mrs. Strong went to his office and told him, listen, if Derek, if Tajay Spears has more carries than Derrick Henry and we lose, you better have your bags out of here and gone. I'm <laughs> telling you, we no, that's not going to happen again this season. <laughs> yeah, it, it, at least certainly not if the uh, if the Titans are in a game or, or or have a lead. And and to your point about the the triple option, I mean that was that was one of the that was one of the funniest plays I've seen. In that, you know, Tannehill walked it in completely untouched. He could have pitched it to Henry and yeah. had the exact same result. I mean, there was there was so much room over there. The Chargers had no clue what was coming it was uh it it was really and that that's an interesting point you make that that comes right out of Tannehill's Texas A&M days you wonder if Tannehill's the guy who went to Tim Kelly and said let's let's put this in I can I can do it 
you know, even at, even at his age, that uh, that would be fascinating. Now, um, you, you meant we, it was mentioned earlier a guy named Miles Garrett that he who is hardly the only good player on that Cleveland defense. That Cleveland defense, which is now coordinated by Jim Schwartz, a, a guy the Titans know well, a guy Denard you know well. Um, John, I guess we'll start with with you or back to you on this one. How uh, how big a challenge is that? How 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 much of an advantage do you think that, uh, or how much different do you think it'll be in that Jim Schwartz knows this team, knows how uh, knows how they're thinking, how they like to attack things. Uh, what what uh, what what are the Titans up against this week? Yeah, it's it's certainly a, a tough challenge. You know, the Browns number two defense overall. Uh, and it's balanced too. It's, it's, um, you know, the third against the pass, third against the run. Um, what's surprising is that they only have four sacks, uh, in, in the two games. But, you know, we all know that Miles Garrett is, is capable of having four in a, in a single game, uh, you know, if, if he gets going. So the, uh, the, the offensive line is going to be tested. Um, you know, what's interesting, we, you know, we talked about Raidens, but, the two tackles have been kind of an interesting um, disparity so far. You know, Andre Dillard, the guy that got the, the good-sized contract uh, in the, in the offseason, has not been especially good against the pass, or against the pass rush, I should say, so far. He's been he's been shaky, uh, so that's, you know, a, a spot to look at. And then the other side of things, Chris Hubbard, the guy who was like a last-minute addition uh, to this team and a guy who only played like 80 snaps combined the past two years has been very good, um, you know, in, in terms of pass protection. Uh, and in fact, uh, the ESPN analytics have him ranked right near the top in, in pass protection, which has been a real, you know, kind of pleasant surprise for the Titans. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough group to handle. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, short, certainly very familiar, uh, you know, with, with the Titans, perhaps less familiar with a, Tim Kelly system than, than he was with, you know, with Todd Downing's uh, system. But, you know, on the other hand, we should also mention that, uh, you know, when we talk about Tim Kelly, here's a guy who's also obviously familiar with Deshaun Watson, um, you know, who, who is, uh, you know, he was the offensive coordinator for Deshaun Watson in, in Houston and spent a lot of time down there. So you, you suspect that Tim Kelly might be uh, talking a, a fair bit with Shane Bowen this week in terms of how to stop Deshaun Watson. So kind of goes both ways, I think, with coaching influence uh, in the matchups this week. Yeah, we, we mentioned, as you go to the offensive side of the ball, we mentioned the Nick Chubb injury Monday night against Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I, for one, am, am disappointed, was looking forward to the the Derrick Henry versus Nick Chubb matchup. You go back to, uh, you go back to the start of the 2018 season uh, through – Week two of this season, Derrick Henry, 7,244 rushing yards, most in the NFL over that span. Nick Chubb, 6,511, second most over that span. It's, uh, you know, these are, uh, you know, these, these are, these are two of a kind, uh, and, and guys who can really take over a game. Denard, how, uh, how much easier, I guess, do things get for the Titans off or Titans defense to not have to deal with Nick Chubb now on Sunday? David, just because Nick Chubb is out, I I hate to inform you, they did go out and sign Kareem Hunt 
a guy yeah, who certainly knows what, what yes. what's going to be asked of him there. That yeah. is that is an animal. That is an animal. I tell you, I would hate to tackle that guy. And now we're going to see who's up. Is it going to be Jerome Ford? Or is it going to be Pierre Strong Jr.? Or we would see Kareem Hunt in the starting lineup. I know he's been out for a week. But I truly think this off, this week's defense is going to be much like identical when they play San Diego. I mean, San Diego. Los Angeles. Yeah, I want to say San Diego. Man, <laughs> you know, it's been on my tongue the whole game, the whole day. But uh, when you look at this receiving core for the Browns, they are good. They're strong now. Amari Cooper's been banged up a little bit. Donovan Peoples-Jones, hey, remember a couple years ago when he was in Nashville, he absolutely annihilated the secondary. Elijah Moore, they got some playmakers, and we know what Deshaun Watson is capable of doing when he gets hot. What I'm when I'm looking at is this Titans secondary. Now, Sean Murphy, Bunton, he allowed a couple deep balls. They gave up some explosive plays, but they it was what was weird is some of those explosive plays that the Titans gave up Sunday against L.A., those can actually be corrected. I thought on that cover two where Keenan Allen caught that long, nearly 50 yard bomb. That's something that as a corner, what you got to teach your corners. And if I'm Shane Bowen, I'm getting with my corners this week and saying, listen, when I rod a guy out in cover two, I want him out of bounds. I can be aggressive uh, when it comes to that coverage, because if you're not aggressive, what happens if, if that receiver gets out of you, gets outside of you. And we saw that, uh, when Keenan Allen got outside of the, the defender, what happens is it's hard for that safety to get over from one. If he's off in the, if he's near, I want to call it the hash mark. So let's say he's in the hash or he's on, um, I forgot what I'm talking about. If he's on the hash, it's hard for that safety to get all the way over there to make that play. So those are the little things that they're going to have to clean up. If not, then this game, it might not go well for the Titans if they make those kind of mistakes. Remember, let's not forget LA did give, give um, Tennessee some chances in that game because they got two personal fouls that end up leading to about, what, 14 points. We know talking about the, the hit on Duran James, the helmet to helmet, Titans end up going, they were going to, they end up scoring, they get seven points in the personal foul with uh, on Kenneth Murray. So those are little things that the Tennessee, they can clean up defensively. If they can do that, David, then I think they can play well against this offense. And not to mention, you look at this front, and I want to, I want to shout out to the defensive line this week. What a what an amazing job! Uh, what they they held um, they held Miami not Miami but if Chargers. You look at the Chargers um, Miami had it was, L.A. had about over two hundred thirty yards rushing total yeah. against Miami in this game Sunday what they had between, uh, amongst three running backs they had what sixty one yards rushing total yeah that's amazing that's that's where they won they won in the trenches. Yeah, and, and and as well as that defensive front is playing, there is uh, there is concern about the the, the pass defense. Titans twenty eighth in the league after you know obviously it's a small sample size, but giving up uh, an average of two hundred eighty one and a half yards per game right now through the air, and twenty ninth with an average of seven point six one yards per pass play allowed. Uh, you, you know you knew going into Sunday that no Amani Hooker, no Christian Fulton was. Uh, you know that was going to be a problem if if one or those guys or both of those guys come back at Cleveland it it will certainly help things but they uh, you know they they do need to get things buttoned up a little bit on the back end and and to your point it, it, you know Amari Cooper 
is a is a top-notch wide receiver in this league. Elijah Moore is a guy who's who's starting to come into his own. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy who you know, I don't think anybody would ever look at him as a number one, but in terms of in terms of putting him out there with those other two guys, he he's a guy who can do some he can cause some problems for you, too. So uh, uh, and, and Deshaun Watson is a, is a guy who has who has bedeviled the Titans in in at least he did so during his time with Houston. A lot of that was in concert with DeAndre Hopkins, who obviously will be in a Titans uniform this time. So uh, the the you know, Titans are, are going to be happy about that. We got about a minute left here. Let's, let's go real quickly. John Glennon, who wins Sunday? Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the boys in the two-tone blue uh, this week. Uh, I think they've showed great improvement last week. I think Deshaun Watson is just not the Deshaun Watson of old. Uh, and I think the, um, uh, the Titans are going to win a close one. Denard Walker. I'm going with the boys in the two-tone this week again. I think that defensive line, they're playing lights out. Again, when you can hold a team to just, what, 61 yards rushing, then I'm going to give the edge to Tennessee this week. I think they dominate that front. And uh, uh, you know, down that running game. It, it feels like the it feels like the kiss of death. But I I'm gonna say the Titans too. I like uh, I I I feel like they've built a little momentum and they've they've got uh, they've got a chance to go on the road and do something this week. But uh, we we will see how it turns out, and we will talk about it next week on the Believe in Titans podcast. Until then, thank you all for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.